up, everybody, and welcome to the TJ Bowser Power Hour. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser. And joining me today are the two lead actors of the upcoming Star Trek fan film, Warrior's Death, John Lund and Leanne Johnson. Welcome to the Power Hour, guys. What's up, TJ? Hey, TJ. <laughs> so, uh, John, how was your week? Uh, what day is it? Um, today? <laughs> <laughs> today is Wednesday. Exactly. What month is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I have so many different projects going on right now. My head is spinning, and I'm I'm not always sure what day it is. But I think if I'm busy, it's better than being bored. So things are going well. Good. What about you, Leanne? Oh, I'm in the same boat as John. Uh, it's been nuts, and that's a good thing. Like, I'd rather be stressed out because... Uh, there's so much good stuff going on than stressed out because there's nothing going on. So, I mean, coming from a couple months ago to now, this is such an improvement. So I'm not complaining at all. But yeah, it's been really busy. I think that's the key to uh, staying sane during the uh, pandemic times is to stay busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So I have a couple questions for you guys today and uh, I'll have I'll ask the question. Then John can go. Then Leanne can go or vice versa. Uh, they apply to both of you. So it doesn't really matter. So, John, what inspired you to get into acting and not some other profession? I realized at a young age that I'm really not good at anything other than playing pretend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's actually kind of a weird journey that took me to acting. Uh, Really, from a young age, I always wanted to perform. So, like, the the first CD that I ever owned was Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. Ah. And I went crazy for this, at, like as a five-year-old, right? And like every night after dinner, I was doing like Bon Jovi concerts in my parents' living room. You know, I had like flashlights set up and I had like this old little microphone that wasn't hooked up to anything, but it was like my microphone prop, you know, and I was just living on a prayer going crazy. <laughs> and like, I, I just always loved this. Like in school, I was always the class clown. Uh, in, in elementary school, I used to have this like Elvis routine, but, but it was like stripper Elvis. So I'm <laughs> eight years old. I'm getting up on my desk before recess, you know, so I could wear shorts. And I would do like this stripper Elvis routine to strip down to shorts and a T-shirt to go outside to play. And, and like my mom got so many phone calls from the school about me, but it's like I was, I was harmless. Right. But then, like, as I got older, my parents were like, okay, you know, yeah, you have this creative side, but you you should actually do something that makes money in life. (laughs) You know, and, you know, there are too many starving, struggling actors out there, so maybe this isn't the right path. So, you know, I I took that on board, and I went to college and, you know, got a bachelor's degree, but I was still interested in acting. So I ended up moving to the Czech Republic, uh, where I did an MBA, uh, but I, I started taking acting classes in Prague. And this was like in the late 90s, early 2000s, when like Prague was kind of blowing up as an awesome place to shoot. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was the emergence of this like crazy film culture over there. And I, I was trying to get into it. Um, moved back to the U.S. for a bit. I was in the Army and did some other things. Uh, then I moved to Finland. And in Finland, I started getting involved in community theater. Like I was just like, I couldn't kick this sort of... Uh, urge that I had to be involved in the acting community. I was doing community theater and started making like some really terrible short films. And like, I was trying to <laughs> walk, like terrible, like terrible. <laughs> and um, I started getting involved with this sport called wife carrying. And I was trying to help grow the wife carrying event, uh, the world championships of this crazy thing is in Finland. 
And I started inviting like VIP guests to this thing. Like I invited like Dolph Lundgren to it. But, you know, <laughs> you know that, that I had this idea that I should be in a Dolph Lundgren film. So I'm like, contact. I'm living in Finland, right? I'm just some nobody. Yeah. I'm contacting like people in like Hollywood. I'm like, yeah, I have this wife carrying sport and Dolph Lundgren should come to it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know, like I had passion and conviction and people were like interested in that. Uh, so I, I ended up making some contacts that way. Then uh, I, I left Finland went to London uh, and decided I should also be a lawyer because I you know, have to do whatever it takes to make money. So I went to law school in London, started working for a litigation firm. But while I was in London, I was also doing some work with Rain Dance uh, Film Festival. So they offered a bunch of like, night classes and they offered some like filmmaking classes and I was still taking acting classes. But like, I still felt like I had to be a business professional. Then I got headhunted to work for an IT company in Austria Moved to Austria, like a, I'm like an executive at this uh, IT company, you know, running their legal team and all this other stuff. And I'm still making films on the side. And then I start getting interested in like WWE wrestling and like I'm doing like kickboxing and like all this crazy stuff. Ended up shooting a film in Austria. It got into a film festival. It won an audience choice award. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, maybe I can make some money with this. Maybe I can have a real career. So I was like, I'm going to quit my job and move to L.A. So that's mm. what I did. And like my, my co-workers are like, you insane? Like you're, you're like, <laughs> you're like <laughs> this company and you're going to move to L.A. to try to make films and do like WWE wrestling. I was like, yep, <laughs> a great idea. Like, <laughs> so I moved to L.A. And, and I did just that. However, I also started a consulting company on the side so that I wouldn't be a starving artist and, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I'm still kind of balancing that professional life and acting because I don't want to be a starving artist. Uh, but now I'm actually able to pursue acting and some other creative endeavors while I'm here in LA. Awesome. So Leanne, uh, same question. What inspired you to get into <laughs> acting? <laughs> uh, clearly is equally remarkable as John's story. Um, but I, I agree in terms of like having that desire at a very young age to perform and uh, that just that uh, for me, it's just a form of expression. And some some kids and some people express themselves through um, art in different ways, like they might paint or play music or uh, and we all have that artistic side. And for me, it was extroverted. It was it was showing that through physicality, through words, through poetry, through, you know, that type of thing. And so it was just very intrinsic part of me at a very young age. And my first stage uh, memory was actually playing Cinderella's evil stepsister in like grade five was Drizella. And she had really curly hair and I had to have my hair in these awfully painful curlers. And I, it was the worst thing ever. And I thought this is a one and done. We're going to do this performance, you know, we're ready for it and then we'll be done with it but it exploded and we were in a small town and we ended up like traveling all over doing this play at different schools and community theaters. And it just kept gaining momentum. And so I constantly had to put my hair in these painful curlers, like, uh, uh, just like performance before performance, before performance. 
And uh, so for me, that's one of the earliest memories I have was just like, you know, um, the sacrifices that we're willing to make to, to do our art. And, um, but it was fantastic. I, I really liked playing an antagonistic character, which is a bit of a mix up for this film in particular, uh, being protagonist. But, uh, that was at a really young age and, uh, throughout, you know, high school and stuff, I was really involved in drama and, and, and that was a, a big part of, my, uh, expression as an individual. Um, I was very academically and athletically inclined, kind of like John, I mean, you're like a lawyer and you did, you know, wrestling is same thing. Um, not like law and wrestling, but I got a bachelor's of science degree. And so I have a really nerdy aspect to my personality. And, uh, I also have a very athletic, uh, part of my personality. I mean, I, I played all kinds of sports and, and did roller derby for like full contact roller skating, basically, um, quad skates, like, you know, have that physical aggressive aspect to me. Uh, but when I got to be like an adult, I would classify, you know, growing up, I felt that I'd really miss, um, tuning in with who I was like as an individual in terms of emotional expression. And so that's where acting came back into it. And theater would have been an easy choice for me. Uh, but film was harder because it's more vulnerable you know, you're so close to the camera, to the, to the viewer and you cannot lie or they're going to know. So that was the challenge for me was to be able to convey, um, powerful emotion, but being still and to do that through what's going on inside rather than creating it on, on the outside and creating emotion from the outside. So, uh, that's what really brought me back into like film acting, uh, was that, that challenge in particular. Awesome. So, John, as an actor, what do you consider a strength that you bring to each role? Well, um, like, I'm kind of like an OCD kind of guy and, and rather intense. So I think I'm naturally drawn to those types of roles, and I think I can excel in that type of role. Um, you know, it's part of the reason why this Klingon, you know, is so appealing. To me, right? <laughs> like, I, I can be intense, like, I can be me. Uh, you know, I identify with kind of like this Viking culture and it's like, I can, mm. I can bring that side out of me. So I, I would have to say intensity if I was going to boil it down to one thing. What about you, Leanne? I actually wrote intensity as well. I don't think we're going to get along, honestly. I think it's just like, uh, but you know, I think I also, I also thought about this and said, you know, I'm not afraid to ugly cry. Uh, and I think where that comes from is I feel like women are portrayed a lot of times in film. That's not accurate. And one of the reasons why I really respected Jeremy Brown for casting the way he did was I think that, you know, he really looked at the raw emotion and, you know, um, how I want to approach Anya and how I, I think women are, all women are strong. And regardless of what position they're in, whether we view it as strong or not. And I think that's just an element I'm willing to not look good, to be honest and to be real in that moment. And I think that takes a, a lot of fearlessness to be able to do that in front of a camera where tons of people are going to watch. But I think it's so important if we are going to capture truth through film, through this medium. So, yeah. So intensity, but also ugly crying. <laughs> <laughs> excellent so john what has been your favorite role you've played so far and why oh, that, 
so I, I'm gonna, I have to kind of split this into two different categories if I can. So it, it was like literally 15 years ago that I reached out to Dolph Lundgren's people and tried to get him to come to this wife carrying event. Okay, fast, fast forward to LA 2016, 17, somewhere around there. I, I actually stayed in contact with some of his uh, contacts. And then they were filming something in LA and I got to be a stuntman in a Dolph Lundgren movie, which was like a child dream <laughs> of mine. Like I'm not in the credits, I didn't get paid, but I took a shotgun <laughs> check and it made the final cut. Hell and yeah. I, I was so <laughs> pumped for that. And then I ended up meeting him another time as well, which was pretty cool. So th there was kind of that. So the film is called Don't Kill It. Um, and I'm really in there and it's really awesome. Uh, but probably like the, the most fun role is one that I, I wrote for myself uh, in this music video. You, I think you guys, some of you guys saw online, like uh, The Revenge of the Christ, where I play Jack Jesus. And like, on the surface, like, I think it, it might not be clearly understood, but th there's a strong political undertone there that is actually very pro-religious. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to look for it. Can, I can go into it another time. But I like taking a character and taking what the, the obvious choice is and flipping it upside down. So for me, that role was really interesting. Okay. Uh, so Leanne, same question. What has been your favorite yeah. role played? Yeah. Uh, well, like this one, first of all, is going to be my favorite <laughs> ever, you know. Uh, but there was one that's still in, it's in post-production right now, and it's a feature. Um, and... The character that I played, she really experienced a progression throughout the feature film. Like she wasn't ever the same. Like she really, she started off so, um, uh, just like so bad. And then you see this progression of her conflict to the end where she really arrives at this, um, moment where, uh, she, she's not, she's actually, the the protagonist that you thought was the antagonist the whole time and so kind of you know when you're jumping in between scenes when you're shooting and you're doing this shot today and this shot today and this scene today and this scene um it's not all sequential and so for me what i really liked about this role was how much i had to understand her as a person and to understand her um her change throughout this timeline and to have such a working knowledge of that, that I could go to that place, depending, like no matter what scene or what sequence we were shooting in. Um, and so I really just learned her. And that was, that was really a point where I felt I really became um, a character that was, you know, completely uh, fictional. And that was probably my favorite role by far, just because of how trusting the director was for me to take this character and make her my own. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's see if I can, I don't think I can reveal right now who that is or what the film is, but, um, I, I will definitely be sharing that when it comes out. I'm so. pretty excited to see you, uh, play Barbara Gordon. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the other fandom question. Uh, we'll, okay, okay. we'll yeah, get into that. I absolutely adore her. Yeah. So, <laughs> so John, uh, earliest memory of Star Trek. So, like, my, my family is, like, Star Trek nerds. So, like, growing up, okay, growing up, every night dinner was at 6 o'clock. Uh -huh. okay? However, Star Trek, the, the 
first generation, you know, with Captain Kirk started at 7 p.m. Like, you know, they were just running reruns on local television starting every night at 7 p.m. And my dad's rule was he didn't care what state dinner was in. At 7 o'clock, he was getting up and going to watch Star Trek. <laughs> so then my, my sister and I would go with him. So if it meant we finish our dinner in front of the television at 7 p.m. watching Star Trek, so be it. My mom had to deal with that. So, like, the, these are my, you know, I was probably six years old or something at the time. My sister's two years younger than me. That these are my first Star Trek memories. Getting able, being able to leave dinner early to watch Star Trek on television with my dad and sister. That's hmm. that's great. <laughs> that is awesome. What about you, Leanne? I yeah, I used to come home from school, and uh, my dad. It was shortly after uh, coming home from school, because of our time zone, uh, Star Trek: Next Generation was going to be playing, and I just watched that like with my dad. And uh, I don't know, as a daughter, any time that you have with your dad is just sacred. Like I remember so many memories with my dad, like him teaching me how to play catch and him uh, teaching me how to play hockey and all these types of things. But uh, coming home and having that moment with him, or it was just our time and we could watch just this other world and these characters and um, just what they were fighting for and, you know, the moral conflicts and uh, the diversity. It was just a, a really special moment that I had with my dad. And he was always so supportive of my nerdiness in, you know, uh, everything. So it's just, those moments are really special to me. And that's something that I remember. And, uh, yeah, so it, it, it does play a part in my life and in my growing up. So awesome. Everyone's fandom starts somewhere, somewhere, you know, uh, on yeah. the topic of dads, uh, when I told my sister that I got cast in this star Trek film, she's like, Oh my God, dad will finally watch one of your projects. <laughs> <laughs> never seen any of my stuff <laughs> she's like watch this one. <laughs> oh my gosh uh how did your uh families react to the trailers uh yeah like my, my sister loved it like you know from from the first moment that i told her that i was even auditioning for this project you know she's like, like before i could even say klingon she's like you're a klingon you know that <laughs> it's like, yeah, trust me, this moneymaker can only make money. <laughs> Nobody's paying to see this in anything other than a bunch of makeup, some weird prosthetics. You know? I just think, you know, the, seeing that original trailer for the first time and hearing Leanne's voice kick in and it just chills immediately. And then the music hits and then it's just so surreal. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's great. And then, John, you oh, you killed it, man, with the powerful voice. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Leanne, when I heard your trailer for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, this thing is going to be amazing. <laughs> right. I haven't seen any of your work. And you killed that voiceover. And like, <laughs> I, was, I, I was like super excited. I started sharing that with everybody. I'm like, mm -hmm. she is so good. Like, we have <laughs> yeah. to crush this film. Yeah, that was... That was the take I did where I was like, I know the directions that's written in the monologue, but I'm just going to do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tagged it on at the end. I was like, and Jeremy, like, here's one I did, like where I didn't listen to you. And, you know, if you like it, whatever. And he picked that one. But honestly, it was like what you were saying, John, about going the choice that's most obvious and then going the other direction. 
And, um, that was the instinct that I had. And for Jeremy to trust that and for him to pick, I like, I just, I'm so excited to work with this production and this crew. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was like in my padded closet, like we're at my wardrobe closet that I've used for like quarantine voiceover and ADR. It's very astute. Like it's very professional. Um, and I'm literally like on the floor and I remember like getting to that mental place where it was like, if everything that you worked for was literally destroyed and you don't know if you're getting out of this and she's still making this log, like she's still putting this log in here. Like she's still doing her job. And I was like, I, to me, it, 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 it demonstrated strength, like, and, um, and, and, and discipline. And so it just slowed everything down. Like I didn't feel she would be frantic. I feel like she would have expected this at some point with their training. So, um, yeah, but I was definitely like on the floor, like crying before that. And then be like, okay, I'm just going to do one, like where I feel like this is how I would do it. And, and, and then I heard it in the trailer and I was like, okay, I feel really good about going in to this production and, um, and seeing where this is going to go, knowing that we have freedom to, to make some, um, interesting choices. Okay. So the next round of questions are, are the, are the ones where we judge you really, really hard. So, oh, no. uh, <laughs> John, we'll start you off. Oh, Favorite you. Star Trek film and series. Uh, Star Trek film. So the, I'd have to go with, uh, Star Trek three search for Spock. Okay. Okay. And there are a couple different reasons for that. First of all, it's pretty Klingon intensive, right? You know, there's a big Klingon element to that film. Uh, but then if you look at who the Klingons are, it's John Larroquette and Christopher Lloyd, like two <laughs> like these icons. And it like, like for me, that's just magic, you know, between night yeah. and back to the future, like, you know, we're sitting there watching <laughs> Klingons. And, and like, like, that's just magic for me. I, I, just, I love that. Uh, favorite series? Man, I, I probably the, the original. I, I'd have to go with the original, and it's going to play into one of the other questions. But um, it's like, like that was a bold, that was a bold show for the era mm -hmm. that it was made. Like it, it took guts to make that show back in that period. Mm -hmm. So, like for that reason alone, that show deserves massive respect. Yep, Leanne. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> but okay, so you have to keep in mind like that. Okay, no, I'm just going to say it because you're, you're free to judge. But the 2009 Star Trek, which was the reboot, I feel, of like the bringing in like the new generation of people to be like, what was Star Trek? Yes. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you why, because I'm a relational person. And so like the effects and everything were fantastic. But to me as an adult, like watching this Star Trek story unfold, I, I really admired the, the story about like with Spock and how being half human um, and half Vulcan and his conflict, but then his relationship um, to Kirk and then also his relationship um, to uh, uh, Zoe Saldana's character. And I don't know why I can't think of it right now, what her name was in the film. But just to me, it was something I hadn't seen so intensely explored was like, how, how dangerous is it? How against the rules is that? Like 
how, how do you navigate that when you feel torn as an individual between two different worlds? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I felt like the bromance was so real in that between oh, like the yeah. chemistry and that, and it was so pure. And I, I don't know how else to describe that, but I, I just thought like that was really, um, the chemistry between Chris Pine and Zachary were, it was, it was just, it was perfect. And I felt like that was true friendship, like defined. And I, and, and, um, and, and just because I'm very relational, I really like that. And of course there was explosions and love and mm-hmm. intrigue and, you know, uh, being an adult, not being aware of that as a kid growing up, I was like, Oh wait, this is like racy and like dangerous mm-hmm. and like, you know, and so for me, it was kind of like rediscovering it from that point. But yeah, the first one of the, of that new series coming out, but so and does that mean the, I should have included Pike and for future uh, future questions? I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll add it in there when I ask it then. <laughs> and then for series, um, obviously, like I grew up watching Next Gen with uh, my dad, which is important too. But I did a lot of study for a character um, in another fan film in which uh, I did a lot of study of, of the Voyager series. And I actually really enjoyed watching a lot of that series as well. And I think it was kind of underrated. I know people didn't like it, but um, I just, I, I, I like the dynamic of the crew um, in that particular cast and the casting stories are really crazy too. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I, that's another one that I enjoy, but yeah. So a little bit more, newer not so so much classic zoe uh zoe plays uhura in the yes uhura yes yes so well then yeah i love her she's a theater based like she started in theater and just how she moves yeah anyway i could go on so john <laughs> the next question uh you cannot pick klingon oh you're killing me <laughs> it's, too, no, it's too obvious here you know what i mean so if you could be a species of alien within the Star Trek universe, what would it be and why? You knew, you knew I was going to say Klingon, so now you're really putting me on the spot. Okay, say Klingon. Mm. Uh, no, I, no I, I, I can go with, I have a second choice. I, I can go with Vulcan. Okay, and, and okay. The, re, the reason for that is I, I really appreciate uh, like this logical, rational like precision of, yes. of the Vulcans. You know, certainly as a lawyer, you know, that, that's, that's how I practice. You know, so I, I can relate to that character, you know, and then, you know, even when it's time for, you know, Spock, for example, to, you know, fight, like, you know, he just remains calm and he just executes. He does what he needs to do and he just moves on to whatever the next next task yeah. is. So I, I can definitely relate to the ball. Leanne? Klingon. Oh, you are after my goal. I, I really, I want to be John because, um, you know, he's so amazing and I just like, man, he's my hero. Uh, they're warriors. I mean, when it comes down to it, the, I like, I just, I relate to that. So um, morally, maybe a little bit different in terms of some of the choices, but I, growing up in athletics and sports and I, I grew up in very small towns, like growing up mm-hmm. and um, I grew up growing up and small, but I had to play with the boys. And I had to be better to get the same amount of playtime because you just like suck it up. You either got to be able to hang or, you know, um, you, you can't play. So I just learned to just toughen up and like not complain, but work hard. And I think that mentality has really um, helped me to not give up 
in life, when things don't go your way, you can complain about it and sit and point fingers or you like look at yourself and be like, okay, well, if this is my situation, how do I get better? How do I improve? And, um, how do I compete? And so I, I kind of understand that mentality within, uh, that, uh, race of aliens. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. So the next question, Jeremy made me be very specific. Uh, so John, are you a Kirk, Picard, Janeway, Archer, Cisco, Loreca, or Pike type of person? This is easy for me again. So uh, absolutely Kirk, 100%. Like, when I saw that question, there, there was no, no debate in my mind. Mm. Uh, and the, the reason for that is, first of all, there, there's the acting of William Shatner, right? Like that, that's kind of just like next level. Yeah. But, but the, the way he, he portrays Captain Kirk, he, he's a bit of a cowboy, right? Mm -hmm. He's like this intergalactic kind of like cowboy and like, you know, he's a lady killer and it doesn't matter what <laughs> the lady is, you know, it doesn't have to be human. It could be whatever. <laughs> yes. And he just has this like, <laughs> about him. and it's you know, certainly like growing up as a child, I'm like, oh, that could be me. I could be going from planet to planet, just loving aliens. And that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. So. Leanne, if you didn't give it away already with the Pike answer uh, earlier. Well, no, it's Janeway no? by Janeway. far. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Because here is where we share something woman to woman is she loves coffee. <laughs> okay. You okay. know, coffee, black, you know, she ain't going to mess around. She's like, give it to me like straight up. And there, I mean, um, she, yeah, she doesn't mess around. You know, she's willing to make decisions and then take ownership for them. And, um, you know, being a female captain, I mean, like she's had to overcome who knows what at that point when Voyager came out in the series, in, in the, in the universe. And so she has to have like, what I would say is like the heart of a rose, but like the skin of a rhino, you know, she, she has that vulnerability, but she can't show it because that's weakness and you don't want anybody to exploit that. So there's a lot that she's sacrificing as a woman to be in a position of leadership. And I admire that. I respect that. And I don't think um, a lot of people can do it. And she did. And she loves coffee. So again, we're, we're two in the same. I think I might like, she has a drier sense of humor, but I can also be really sarcastic. So watch out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So John, how are you going to approach your role in Warrior's Death? And what does the role mean to you? Oh, um, okay, let me show you a little something mm. that I have here. I don't know if you can see all these <laughs> books that I bought. You know, like in, in some sense, I'm, I'm a bit of a goofball, but like at the same time, like this is work, and I I approach this you know the same way that I would approach anything in my professional life. So I have a stack mm. of Klingon books here. Uh, I'm committed to learning Klingon for the role. I was really excited to see that in the script there is Klingon, and I will be speaking Klingon. I'm really pumped about that. Um, you know, but also I want to look a little bit outside the the Star Trek universe for some inspiration. So when I was doing the audition, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, what are these characters? You know, just in, in a general sense of like mythology or something. And I, I went back to like the prose Eda from Viking mythology, you know, and tried to incorporate some of those you know, qualities, you know, insofar as they parallel the Klingon ideology. 
So I think you'll be seeing some some Viking from me, but you'll also be seeing some very traditional Klingon ideas from some of the, the books and literature that are out there. Okay, Leanne. Oh, how, how much time do we have? Um, as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for for me, like names are very important to me. And so especially when writers or directors come up with a name, that's where I start. I look at like, what does the character's name mean? Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it seems really simple, but it's true. Like, um, so Anya's first name means gracious and merciful. And I, so for me, I'm like, okay, like if that's what her parents chose to name her, that's significant. Um, and she knows this also growing up, but then the last, her name Korea means, um, child of the sun. So for me, there's this real hope and light and, um, this tender aspect to who she is and how she might have been um, cared for and nurtured growing up. So I really try to approach all of my characters as if they were a real person. And I know that they're in the Star Trek universe, but she's a human being like this is normal to her. She doesn't like she's not. Oh, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to space. And, you know, and and this is so this is just like this is a normal part of their growing up. They know this exists. They know this is real. And so for her, just like we would be, we go to get a job, we go, you know, or we go, you know, um, to go into the army and, and there are certain things we understand about those risks. So for her being a medical officer, you know, I have that bachelor's of science degree. I understand that studious nature that she also has that determination, that dedication. And so I try to think about her, um, as, as a human being you know, um, being put into this environment and the qualities that, um, make us human being expressed, uh, in a way that's like very real and honest to the audience. And so, uh, reading the script and seeing some of the conflicts that she is going to have, uh, not only as, um, as a human being, but also as, a professional in which you take a Hippocratic oath for Starfleet that you're not going to do harm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of the oath near the end is if I fail to do this, you know, um, let whatever happens happens basically. Um, so for her, some of the choices that she makes for the film, which I, I don't want to, you know, go into right now. Um, but, she really experiences a lot of conflict mm -hmm. and a lot of, uh, moral, uh, like questioning. Yeah. Uh, but you know, which is, which is a lot of us. And she also has preconceived notions based on her personal experiences, how she's grown up, how she's experienced life or trauma. And, uh, that's real. We all experience, uh, things that form our perceptions about other people, form our perceptions about an entire race of people. And so that is really evident throughout this script. And, she, and, and so this is something that she processes and deals with. And, um, I just, how I want to go into it and how I see it is, is, is literally being honest about those feelings and, and what that would be like with her history and her growing up and her background and, and her experiences. So I just really approach my characters as it through the lens of she's a real person and what makes her real, what makes her who she is and, and, and researching that and, and bringing it into who I am. And then when you get on set, letting it all out and, um, and then trusting your director to kind of put you back in. 
<laughs> oh, don't do that. No, you can't slap John Leanne. Like you, you can't, <laughs> you, can't you know, um, ah, that I was, it, you know, no, you can't. Um, but just being honest and I, I could go on and on like more technically, but I think that's the core of it is we want to watch her and I want people to watch her and be like, I can relate to that and drawing people into that story with me, with us to feel that and to go through that altogether. Excellent answer. So John, where else does your fandom lie other than with Star Trek? So many different areas. Uh, wrestling, of course, is one of them. We've talked so about famous. Uh, do you remember Shatner's appearance? In WWE, whenever he uh, stared down Jerry Lawler? No. Okay, you're going to have to go back and look that up. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, – actually, there's a feud where Shatner and Bret Hart came out and did the, this thing with Jerry the King Lawler yeah. on Raw. And I, I can't remember when it was exactly, but I think it was early 2000s. It was around the time that he was doing that tech show for USA Network. Yeah. So oh he went God. on WWE Raw and he has a couple of appearances. And then later in like 2010, they had him come on and do a segment where he reads the entrance music for Shawn Michaels and John Cena. Oh, oh <laughs> and he reads it like he was like he was in Kirk, like he's acting like Kirk. So it's all cool. I am the king. You know, I'm sexy. It's it's, it's pretty funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's glorious. And, and uh, uh, do you remember the character or from the from WWF Zeus? No, I he don't. Was huge with Hulk Hogan, huge black dude. And no, he was oh even, he was even in the movie No Holds Barred. Really? Okay. Okay. Yes, I do now. Yes, yeah. now I do. So yeah. he actually played a Klingon. Really? He played a Klingon. What? Yeah. That's cool. It was in, uh, I don't even which Star Trek series was it. It was like one of these like TBS series or something that like ran in like the early 2000s. Huh. Yeah, look it up. He, he was a Klingon in like the first season. That's awesome. So uh, wrestling, what else? Wrestling, like, obviously like I'm into metal music, like, you know, yes. you know the surprise. You know, speaking of cliches. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I... I I was a rower in college. Uh, I was a division one rower, uh, university. Wow. I currently hold three, three American records on the rowing machine and one world record. Uh, I have a couple of one, two gold medals at masters world rowing championships. Um, what else? There's a sport of wife carrying, dude carrying. Yes, <laughs> I'm the former U.S. champion of that, and the former U.K. champion. Um, you I, get belter trophies. Like uh, you know, like I'm, like it's kind of tough to put me in a box. Like I just kind of do what I want to do to the best of my ability, and like I just kind of follow my my passions and my interests. You know, and like this mm -hmm. has taken me through different sports. It's taken me around the world like i lived in europe for like 15 years like it took me to law school like kind of all these different things and like right now my heart is telling me that acting and entertainment in la is what i should be mm -hmm. doing so that, that's where i am and that's what i'm doing leanne uh, i have fandom <laughs> <laughs> um i you know from a film perspective 
uh, what, like a, from a fan film perspective, I guess, in terms of like a character, you'd brought it up was uh, playing Barbara Gordon in this really awesome production put on by B squared and just a phenomenal group of guys. Uh, and they put out their first short film and I was watching it and they were local to where I live, like in the Midwest. And I was like, where are you guys? Like, this is really <laughs> good stuff. And they won a ton of awards for it. Um, in some of like the Gen Con and stuff like that. And this was before that though, when I saw the cinematography and the lighting and everything, I was like, where are these guys? Like, who, who are they? I need to get connected with them. And they were forming a, making a sequel. And they, and I was like, guys, if you're shooting a sequel, like, are you writing in any, uh, like female characters? And they're like, Oh, we weren't planning it. I was like, okay, well, you know, if you ever consider it, like just shoot me a message and, you know, and, uh, I, I think it was like just a couple days later, I got somebody that they knew. Oh, actually I know who it was. My photographer who had done stills for them and had done some onset photography for them had said, wait, Leanne reached out to you. Like you need to you, like get her in. Um, and, uh, they were like, oh, what? And they're like, yeah, get her in. And so they said, well, we're going to write character. Who's your favorite. And I was like, well, I really like wonder woman, but, uh, Barbara Gordon. And I didn't say Batgirl. I specifically said, Barbara Gordon. Yeah. And I was like, she is uh, like, let me specify Barbara Gordon. Like, because Batgirl, I mean, like anybody can like suit up and kick butt. Like, I mean, they're like, look at me. I'm awesome. Yeah. Like, but this woman, like sh uh, she experiences like a major trauma that changes her life. Like literally Are you changes referring her to life. The and, uh, question for your portrayal <laughs> of Barbara Gordon. Maybe. Uh, you're not going off the killing joke storyline, are you? Uh, you know, um, that's a possibility. Like it could okay. be, um, but uh, yeah, there. You know, based on a particular very controversial comic book that may or may not have been yeah. what you just said. Yeah. Um, but she, <laughs> she, and people were like, "Who's Barbara Gordon?" And I was yeah, like, "That's right? why. That's why they're like Barbara. They're like they're like Batman, Robin." Barbara Gordon. <laughs> and everybody's like, Batman, Robin. Ba who's, who's that? Batgirl. Oh, Batgirl. Yeah. And I was like, dude, who is the person behind the mask? Like people know they're like, oh, Dick Tracy or, you know, or, or Jason or, or, or Bruce Wayne. But they're like, who the heck is this? And I'm like, this is so important to me. Like this means so much to me. Like you know, we, we like for me in Hollywood or in film, like we have to stop seeing women at just like face value or like mm -hmm. physically, what can they add to the film? Like enough of that. Like again, and, Jeremy, uh, that's why I love you. Want. You know, people can say what they want about the killing joke, but it gave so much depth to the Barbara character. Yes, yes because it sets up everything going yes. on future, like with Oracle and Batwoman and like the suit, like the, um, uh, birds of prey. Like to me, she is so instrumental in that. And she had a choice. She had a choice. She could have chose to live out the rest of her life with a victim mentality. And she chose to see herself as a survivor and move forward. And I think, um, regardless of what the controversy is, what actually happened, like in my mind, it's really clear. Um, if you, you know, if you're aware of the comics and like who the Joker is as a uh, like as a, as a villain, but also as a yep. person and what I think he would have done and what would it, so I have a clear understanding, but I don't have to tell a viewer that they're, they're open to their interpretation. It. Yeah. And, um, but for me, it was just like, this moment was so important to be represented honestly. And 
to get to that point um, and to honor women who have gone through these circumstances and to have them see this and to be like, these are the heroes that don't get seen of as heroes. Like we are kind of like, Oh, do we talk about that? Oh, do we, you know, we feel bad for them, but they are heroes. They are um, very strong. And so I wanted to be really honest in that portrayal. And I'm so proud of, um, of, of my performance in that um, because I don't really feel like it was a performance. I think it was genuine um, to, to what, um, many women have gone through. And I think in bringing that humanity to a character that, you know, Batgirl, but who is she really, you know? So anyway, yes. Uh, so DC, uh, film area with Batman and all that, I guess, fandom will be built because that film is going to be amazing. <laughs> so excellent. So the next question isn't really much of a question, but do you guys happen to know what the second 60 second rule of acquisition is? riskier the road the greater the reward i think you guys live that mm. if you really think about it i mean the, the yeah. path of an actor is all the risk for all of the reward you know what i mean I, and yeah. i mean that it doesn't get much better than that and like you guys said throughout this interview all these different paths that you guys had to take and none of them were easy none of them were cut and dry it was all that where you guys had to go out of your comfort zone in order to get to where both of you are today and i would have to say that uh i'm happy that jeremy picked off picked pissed off jesus and i'm very happy <laughs> that we got leanne because I, I remember waking up and jeremy's like so we're gonna get jesus and we're gonna uh get leanne and i was like hell yeah and i just <laughs> initial reaction when i saw leanne's uh audition i was like wow like you were just so in character and it was just so great to see somebody who truly believed in the project and then hearing like the way you were interacted with jeremy the first time and you know that sets the presidents for the rest of the project and he like the way he described the way uh how ambitious you were and how excited you were. It really got me excited <laughs> yeah. for the project. Then I've never really worked with people that were this level involved or had this level of mm -hmm. fandom and what they were doing. So it's nice to see that. And the same with John, like you guys kept saying intensity and intensity, but honestly, your audition tape was intense as they come. I mean, right in your face. Like it's great. And that's what we wanted. And that's something I mentioned pre-show is uh, conversations we had with Jeremy early on is whenever we thought of Klingon is we thought savage cave dwelling warrior. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what we were going looking for. H hence why his hair's down. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Leanne, you actually talked about it earlier about uh, going out yeah. of your comfort zone and reaching for, mm -hmm. for things. And I think that that's important for everybody uh, going through rough times right now that uh, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone and reach for those goals and get it. Yeah. Like, go get it. You know, it, it's the only way to develop as a person in mm -hmm. general, right? You know, because if this stuff was easy, anybody would be doing it. Anybody and everybody would be doing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Leanne, you know, with, with all of your camera time, you know, you know, you go on camera, you expose yourself and sometimes you bomb. You know, like, like yeah, sometimes like, it, it just like it, it's just it's just part of the game. It, 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 you yeah, know, like definitely, anybody, definitely. Anybody who goes on camera and has never bombed has never really given one hundred percent to the project yeah. because yeah. you have to be vulnerable, or, or else like you're not going to do something that's unique. You're not going to do something that's interesting to the audience. You know that that's just that, that's what this is. So. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, uh, I'd say that's all we have for today. Be sure to stay tuned for more stuff on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, especially from Project Louder and from my feed about Warrior's Death, Star Trek fan film coming from Brown Space Films featuring the two lovely people I have below. And uh, (laughs) check that out sometime next year, I hope. It's going to be amazing, and we're going to make it super special for you all. So without further ado, this is your host with the most, DJ Bowser, saying see you later. Thank you. Bye.